Watch the Atheist Experience live Sundays at 4.30 p.m. Central. Visit tiny.cc slash ytaxp and call into the show at 512-991-9242 or connect to the show online at tiny.cc slash callaxp. It's time to get sexy on Secular Sexuality. Hello and welcome. This is Secular Sexuality, the ACA show with the most leather and glitter. Uh, my name is Christy Powell and I'm joined again tonight by our fashionable co-host, Miss O'Kist. Hi! And with us tonight is Queen of the Bears and Miss World Bear 2022. Welcome, Daddy Danger. Hi, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, super <laughs> excited to have you here. Yeah, it's probably the most awkward moment I have. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have so many more awkward moments together. Yeah, no Don't doubt. Worry. No doubt. <laughs> well, tonight's poll asks Is gender more who you are or what you do? And you can weigh in on that live or ca and catch the results at the end of the show. But in the meantime, we're going to go on a bear hunt. <laughs> Ooh, a bear hunt. A bear hunt. That's true. Don't be scared. We're, we're not going to really hunt. It'll be fine. <laughs> but we can. We can overdo it. We can't underdo it. So, ah. Uh, Might as well go through it. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you want to call in with your questions or stories, you can call us at 512-991-9242 or at tiny.cc slash call sex because the show is coming now. Right. Well, Daddy, I'm going to start with you and give the audience a chance to get to know a little bit about you by learning what's got you turned on this week. Ooh, what's got me turned on this week? Well, I just got back from Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I was out in Los Angeles for the LA Leather Bear competition at the LA Eagle or Eagle LA. Um, but while I was there, I was hanging out with the Los Angeles puppy, Kieran Hound, and they introduced me to On Guard, which is a podcast slash YouTube video series uh, done by uh, Mr. Christopher and Race Bannon mm -hmm. and some of their other very sexy Leatherman friends. Um, and they were talking about the history of bathhouses is the first episode that I caught. But um, there's, I think, 11 episodes now, and they are, are rocking and rolling with really sexy leather stuff that they're talking about. And and it's, it's a cigar format social, so they, you know, they're just leather clad, you know, <laughs> daddy looking folks and, and talking about all kinds of leather stuff. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry, uh, what was the name again? It's called On Guard. On Guard on, uh, on YouTube or your podcast app. Mm -hmm. uh, Miss O'Kiss, what's got you revved up right now? Uh, as always, it's something disturbing. If you think about it as being turned on, <laughs> I am on more of a post-apocalyptic wasteland kick. So watching The Last of Us has got great practical effects as well as non-practical effects. And it's uh, less depressing than the real world. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but a little bit. Dark, scary, terrifying, post-apocalyptic. Nice escapism yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, great. Are you into like the zombie ASMR? You know, does, no. are you in surround sound with it like, you know... The clicking is very disturbing. It, it really, really is. is. The sound design <laughs> matches the, you know, the practical effects and everything else. It's a, it's a wild show worth checking out. 
But uh, yeah, let's let's get into it. I know that a lot of folks are going to be but watching. What's you on but what's scene? turning me on? Well, I'll tell you what. I do this so often that I don't always want to bother people. But I will totally <laughs> admit that I am completely turned on right now, honestly, by the uh, Oscar nominations that came out on Tuesday. Hey, okay. I was very very excited to see uh, eleven nominations for Everything Everywhere All at Once, show, a movie that we talked about on the show a handful of times. If you still haven't caught it you should it's absolutely fantastic it was really exciting to see that get a number of nominations i understand that the academy of performing arts is a imperfect institution last year's academy awards clearly showed that we don't need to get into all of it but it is kind of a bellwether for the entertainment industry in a lot of ways and after the oscars so white campaign a handful of years ago didn't really move the conversation forward in an interesting or exciting ways. I'm excited to see that this year's uh, round of nominees actually are pretty diverse, pretty interesting, and there are so many great films that my partner and I have been able to catch that we would have never otherwise seen, and uh, it's been, it's just been a lot of fun. So I would really encourage anybody, even if you hate award shows, even if you have no interest in watching the ceremony, which is totally valid, uh, check out that list of movies, because there's some great stuff people I don't think would otherwise have learned about. Yeah, I mean, how many of us uh, queer adults started as theater kids? Yeah, yeah, no, fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> Neurodiverse theater kids. Venn diagram is that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of overlap. And lot if you're not here for the movie, there. you're here for the score because you're a neurodiverse band kid. <laughs> <laughs> Our costume designer. Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, let's let's jump into the conversation because yeah. I have no doubt that uh, there are folks who saw the thumbnail and the show description and are really trying to figure out, like, what is a, I mean, first of all, what is a leather? daddy if it's not just a joke on arrested development that kind of went over <laughs> our heads right like what do some of these turns mean and obviously like no label or adjective can fully capture a person but i think there's a lot for us to learn tonight about you and about the world you live in just by breaking down some of the ways you describe yourself so if i may what the hell is a leather lady bear <laughs> Yeah, so um, I think it's everything that is a leather bear, but just ladied. Ladied, okay, <laughs> ladied. got it. <laughs> um, I'd like to say that, uh, you know. So so bear culture, um, I, I think that one of the first kind of mentions of bear culture was in Drummer Magazine in an article called Who's in the Zoo? And it started to stereotype men into these kind of categories of animals based on their physicality. Mm -hmm. um, and so bear culture kind of originated out of um, this muscular, like hyper-masculine stereotype. Um, you know, they were generally bigger, uh, they were rougher, gruffer, you know, not always what you would consider like club kids or like circuit party uh, folks, you know, who might be your slender body, more like twink associated folks. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I should like make a disclaimer that I'm speaking as daddy danger. I'm not talking for all bears. I'm not talking for all other culture. I'm not talking for, you know, the queer community or the gay community or any of these other communities. I'm just talking as me. And as uh, my friend Connor likes to put, I'm, I'm only here to talk about my own special brand of bullshit. So, <laughs> um, you know, that is the daddy danger show. Mm hmm. So uh, but going back to bears. So, you know, there was this kind of diversion of 
like urban queer like gay culture in clubs and nightclubs and things like that uh, discos but then you also had this other side which is kind of more rugged um, motorcycle culture but also like camping and going out you know out back outdoors uh, and and with that you kind of have like rugged sexuality <laughs> um, you know but 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 bears are, are like that hyper masculine trope right um, bigger um, so for me growing up as a six foot two plus size person um, it, with you know lots of gay family I I've joked for a really long time that I'm also a bear I'm attracted to bears I mean who's generally not attracted to like six foot eight giant <laughs> you know um, I am he's got taste all people of culture people with taste <laughs> people of culture sure um, you know but but I've joked for a long time that I'm a bear and it was kind of this funny thing like among friends it's like oh like women can't be bears ha 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 and then uh i have some friends who are the house of three bears in dallas and so it's three guys who live together and they're all bear identified and then i was like i'm goldilocks to the house of three bears and um that really didn't feel very good for me because it was like you know i'm not really goldilocks i am a bear you know um and I think around 2017, 2018 is when I found leather culture. Mm-hmm. I'd always kind of like positioned myself outside of leather culture because I thought it was more masculine and I'm, I was really trying to fit into the femme world and, and be smaller and make myself tiny. And, you know, there's a lot of weight loss culture and things like that. But, um, uh, as I got away from that and, you know, went, <coughs> went into this world where I found leather folk and then bears, um, you know, I, I started to identify with my leather family, mostly because we had a shared sim, uh, set of values. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I really understood that you don't have to look like Toms of Finland to be leather. You know, that that's definitely a, a concept everyone has. Well, I say everyone, but it's a, it's a mainstream concept that leather looks like Toms of Finland, right? And sure. Those are like two Dorito chip-like stacks of human <laughs> in leather. Um, and they also have like giant bulges and muscles and just, oh, man's body hair Man, and yeah. masculine, masculine manly man. Yeah. yeah. Heft. Oh. This is sexy. That's why we're here. Um, But, you know, as I started to identify as leather and really come to understand that I can make leather look like me, Mm -hmm. you know, I can femme it up. I can um, almost take it on as like a form of drag in that it becomes performance art, you know, in in, in a way. Um, But then with that, accepting myself into bear culture was this great step into body positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in the bear community, that is one thing that I have really taken away from that group of people that have accepted me into their world. And I'm, you know, part of that now is like, um, if you go to a bear event, everyone is in whatever they want to wear. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're at the pool party and if you want to wear a Speedo and a harness, it doesn't matter if you are extra small or a six or seven X, everyone is in whatever they want to wear and people are graciously accepting each other. Um, you know, and, and I find a lot of community in that. And Yeah, well, so you've been really like active and involved in the local Austin like leather and kink communities. Can, yeah. can you talk at all about some of the like leadership positions or, or really 
really just your uh, your I suppose relationship with what I'm going to maybe call like communal sexuality, organized sexuality. I, I'm not even sure how to really frame that. Yeah, so I, I think that there's there's a couple things, and they they're not all the same, but sometimes they become interchangeable. Sure. So there's like the kink community, which might be more kind of oriented towards BDSM or power dynamics and things like that, more of your um, fetish orientations. There's the leather community, which you know at some point like your Venn diagram starts to like you know overlap in different directions. Um, so there's kink, there's leather, there's um, there's bear. So not all big. Big realization for me, not all gay men are kinky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, not all leather people are kinky. Like, I mean, they're kind of, but <laughs> but there's, but there is that, that overlap of motorcycle culture that aren't necessarily, you know, like fetish folks. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, they're leather and they're, they're motorcycle culture, but they're not necessarily like BDSM oriented people. I, so. I honestly love that we're getting to do this just because like the, the anthropology of all of the different, you know, again, not just kink, not just leather. I don't even know necessarily how to categorize everything and I I don't know that we need to obsessively label and say you know well these people are like this and those people are like that right but there is so much here that the larger culture just just misses and understands I I mentioned before we started leather is probably the greatest like knowledge gap that I'm aware of in myself when it comes to uh communal sexuality. I I wish I had a better term even, but just people who are willing to not necessarily have big orgies and sex parties together, although that may be part of it for a lot of these communities, but people who are wanting to express their gender identity, express their relationship dynamics, express uh, just different aspects of their sexuality in a a community way, in a way Mm -hmm. that they're interacting with other folks. It's almost, I think, invisible to the larger culture oftentimes what well, it's invisible but it's not invisible because it becomes other and then so it's overlooked just like, maybe it's better just term. like those folks yeah over yeah. there I think I think though 50 shades of gray while it did us a lot of disservice I think it also served our our community and bringing forward that this shit's okay mm-hmm. like it's okay to be different and it's okay to be interested in things that aren't necessarily like mainstream and it's okay to have like a little kinky experience every now and then and if you're more into it, then there's community out there for you. Yeah, and, and as problematic as that particular piece of art uh, is, yeah. It's, no. it's Twilight fan fiction. It's, it's problematic. It's problematic. It's messy. Yeah. <laughs> as as problematic as that particular piece of work is, uh, it also kind of highlights this notion that kink is not just kinky sex, right? right? It's not just having sex that involves whips and chains and, and whatever else, but actually like a relationship dynamic and how that can be valid too. I think that's new information for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I think as humans, we have an innate desire to belong. Sure. You know, and we see that in in scientific studies and things like that. You know, um, there's some addiction studies. Um, was it in the in the the void of screams? Uh, oh, that's not the right title. Um, there's a book that that actually studied folks who came back from Vietnam, some soldiers who came back from Vietnam who had addiction issues while they were in country, and then basically they got back to the stateside and they rejoined their communities and and their addiction just separated. Mm-hmm. You know, they rejoined and they became, you know, back 
into the culture that they came from and they had all this community around them and support um, and they separated from their addiction. And, and, you know, we push people out sometimes when, you know, they're struggling with their own issues and, um, you know, having poor behavior and things like that around their addiction. Um, But really you know, people are, are struggling to belong. And I think that we see that in our leather and our alternative sexuality communities and folks who are, you know, figuring out who they are, um, trying to express the the difference of gender that, you know, that struggle inside, you know, in their, their first stages of, of realizing who they are as a person, they still want to belong. Um, and I think that that's what our alternative sexuality communities really brings to the table. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we do a really good job of, of being inclusive and then sometimes we do a really shit job of being inclusive. No doubt. Yeah, you I know. mean, so often we do build these communities to then only use them as exclusionary devices and yeah. further separate that us and them dichotomy. Well, and, and as a woman in bear culture, um, you know, sometimes there's gatekeeping mm-hmm. you know, that, that exists. Um, you know, there's male-only spaces, and sometimes those are, are cis male only spaces. Um, I think we're seeing some of that diversion right now in the, the leather community. I don't know if you've kind of tuned into International Mr. Leather, International Mr. Boot Black, uh, the conversation right now, but the, the boot blacks kind of uh, unified and walked out because of the, the transphobic uh, nature of, Policies of the things. And, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're, we're doing a good job and in sometimes <laughs> including people and then we're doing a shit job on the other side of it too. Moving forward where we can. Yeah. I think that's something that has been a problem with a lot of communities because I've seen um, you know, similar arguments in drag, um, burlesque. Like, oh yeah, like are you a cis femme drag artist? What? Right, and I think <laughs> I think we're kind of expanding, you know, what gender means in a lot of different ways, and I think a lot of communities are very slow to catch up, and it's kind of it's disheartening at first, but I think like if people are walking out over it, people are taking a stand, so it's hopefully yeah. something that's moving forward and getting better. But I think I think you also see it like um, with some of our bearded drag communities. You you know, bearded drag versus non-bearded drag. I was having this cool conversation with um, um, a bearded queen, and she was talking about how Texas is like our drag scene is seems seems to appear more like our drag artists need to represent um, the feminine side of drag mm-hmm. instead of like um, being able to have a beard and also be a drag. Artist. Clear it up yeah. and and intentionally sort of sort of fuck with the idea of gender. Play with it. See it yeah. as a performance and a performance that can be goofed around with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but also like you know, I don't I don't want to say goofed around with, like, you know, but it's it's this opportunity to be transgressive, right? Mm. And to stop people in their path and to make people think about gender and our our social constructs of who we are as people. Um, I think going into the bear competition, I had a lot of conversations with myself about who am I and like, who the fuck am I to like talk about being a woman in bear culture? And like, you know, um, there's there's a big community of women in bear culture and we call them mama bears. Um, and they are like female leaders and organizers and protectors in the bear community. And, you know, there are many, many strong women who identify as mama bears. 
And, you know, I do lots of the similar things that mama bears do, but me as a person and me as a bear, I don't identify as a mama bear. Um, and that became a, a point of, I don't want to say contention, but interest sure. in my contest. Yeah. It's like, oh, but you're a woman. Like, <laughs> you have to be a mama have bear. Have you noticed? And I'm like, no, I, I, you know, I had a radical hysterectomy at 29. Like, I don't, I don't associate with motherhood. I don't associate with being a mama. Like, I would scratch my eyes out if you call me mommy, <laughs> you know, Um so I'm daddy danger. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I definitely identify in this interesting space between um, presenting as high femme. And, you know, you'll often see me in like corsetry and like giant boobs out and like stilettos and like giant boots and and really kind of, you know, the silhouette of like a, a plus size cis femme uh, person. And um, and then I'm also like six foot eight and I come in like a kaiju. Or I'm going to like stomp your city, um, you know, and then still embodying that that bear leather that space, giant bear leather space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, bear, bear identity allowed me to take up space and be that person that I wanted to be in the world and not just kind of make my physical persona smaller. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times women are told to sit down um, or be quiet or, you know, you can't be too like opinionated because then you're bitchy. Uh, You know, there's like women are, you're too much and Mm -hmm. you're too this or like you need to be less. And um, and being what a lady leather bear is aggressively saying, no, I'm going to be all of me. I'm going to be all of me. Um, they, <laughs> there's this uh, the thing like it's called the cobra position, and it's like when you're getting ready to like do public speaking, you like kind of gov come up and do the cobra, <laughs> and you like take up space. It's like the cobra is really my bear. I'm like ah, <laughs> <laughs> I do that before I go out as bear. I'm like ah. Yeah. So why why compete in the world bear competition? Why was it important for you to yeah. you know show up and form your platform and really be out front now? Yeah, so um, so originally I was going to compete in the Miss Texas Leather Competition because um, before COVID for World Bear, there was um, there was like, oh, you have to be a previous title holder to be a, a competitor. And then after COVID, they were like, eh, you know, people haven't had an opportunity to compete in these things. And like, we're going to, you know, kind of release Open that. the field. Yeah, open the field. Um, but so I was originally going to compete for Miss Texas Leather and... I think I caught COVID (laughs) very early on or, you know, in February of 2020, they're like, you have pneumonia and 103 degree fever and (laughs) and you feel like butts, (laughs) like smashed butts and not the good kind of smashed butts. Um, You know, so I flew home from El Paso after a work trip and um, I I completely missed the Miss Texas uh, contest and I was incredibly heartbroken. Um, So I first heard of the World Bear titles um, from Bear World magazine. They had an article on Facebook and it came across my feed and it was Nikki Wireman, Les Bear, Miss World Bear 2019. And I was like, who is that person? Like, I want to know her. And immediately, like, I sent her a friend request, like completely cold, like, hey, hey. And then I sent her a message. I'm like, hey. Hi. <laughs> no, it wasn't even like, hey. It was like, hey. <laughs> who are you? I want to know you. Um, probably like creeper, stalker, you know, chick out of the background. Like, and, and 
you know, she messaged and is like, hey. And I was like, I saw your article. I see that you're Miss World Bear. Like, that's amazing. Like, let's talk. Like, I read her whole article. Um, and then she and I had several phone calls and we were just talking. And um, then I, I came to, um, I came across the Miss World Bear 2018, who's Brooklyn Onyx uh, or Ocean Onyx and uh, Brooklyn DeMore. She has both the United Court title and then also a Miss World Bear and Onyx title, Onyx Leather. Um, and so I was like, these are women who embody the same characteristics that I find really attractive in other like women, you know, people who are like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've started following the World Bear um, group. And from there, I found like Goldilocks groups and um, the Klondikes. <laughs> <laughs> See what you did there. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, for a while I've joked that I'm a glitter bear. So, so basically, you know, I'm kind of in this place where it's like you joke about yourself until it becomes real. <laughs> you know, every- that, that little kernel of truth at the heart of every joke. <laughs> yeah. Right. It becomes a lifestyle. It does. Um, and so for me, uh, I talk about being a glitter bear and it's because I like to sparkle and, you know, I like to express myself in wonder and, you know, I like to be on the dance floor and like have the lights and have the shiny outfits and do the things. And I mean, glitter is amazing. Like, you know, you're impressive with all of your rhinestones. It makes everything better. Right? (laughs) So yeah, glitter bear. Yeah. So So, for folks like me who are are hmm? kind of unfamiliar with leather culture, can you walk us through a little bit about what the competition looks like, what what that actually entails to compete? Yeah, yeah. So there are competitions at different levels. So there are kind of like bar competitions, which is like, you know, you strut around in your jockstrap and you, you're like, oh, I'm sexy. I'm going to represent this bar. And and really, um, throughout leather culture, we had, you know, sexy icons that represented bars that really drove traffic into the bars. Um, and so then you have kind of regional titles, um, which Miss Texas would be a regional title, right? Because it's mm-hmm. the entire Texas. And then so um, Miss World Bear, Mr. World Bear, World Pet, um, those are international titles. And so it's kind of across the world. Mm-hmm. And so what was your question? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I'm curious, like, what does it, what does look, it look like to compete? Like? Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, is there is, so is there imagine, a poise category? Like, is there a swimsuit competition? I, I know it's not imagine, Miss Universe. like four days of amazing gay leather pageantry. Yes. And I'm talking like down home. Doing it. Down home, Texas pageant, plus bear, plus gay, (laughs) plus queer, plus amazing. Plus amazing. Plus furries, plus go-go parties and pool parties. And because it's a bear event, there's food. (laughs) And I'm talking like, you know, catered meals and also uh, the late night um, bear den snack. Mm -hmm. You know, because you have to continue to fuel yourself after you've had um, opportunities in the den of sin. (laughs) 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 So, but yeah, so the competition is, was four days long. Mm Mm-hmm. So we started on Thursday and we met up and all the contestants came together. But but prior to the actually being on site, we had like a Facebook chat and we were getting to know each other and we were talking about, you know, the competition and we're forming relationships. And so if you imagine like eight or nine people just having this completely immersive experience and putting themselves out there for there were like 675 people at this conference, I think is like around where they were. Um, But you're putting yourself out on stage. You're putting your, you know, your own 
own your thoughts, your feelings. Um, and you're going into, so Thursday night was swimwear. And I'm like, well, how do you, like, I'm a plus size chick. Like, what are we doing with swimwear? Like, am I supposed to wear like a jock strap and some suspenders? Like, you know, but you have, you have to really think about who you are as a person and how you're going to express yourself in the categories that they give you. Mm. And then um, you get to write these like sassy little bios that they read before you walk on stage, you know? So it's like, this is daddy danger, <laughs> you know? And uh, I had some really great music and it was like, you can call me daddy. And then, you know, um, so the, there's also pop questions, which is random bullshit that the judges or other people have come up with. And you like, no one knows what the pop questions are. And then you just kind of fishbowl them on stage and you read the pop question, <laughs> you know. And I think my favorite one was like, what three things are the most important in a bear's kitchen? Wasn't my question. But, you know, it was like basically peanut butter and jelly and the man to eat it off me. Like, Perfect. Right? Perfect. <laughs> yeah, but but it gives an, the the it gives the crowd an opportunity to kind of see who you are. Yeah, and like, explore the personality yeah, and, and this you, expression. And, you, I mean, you have to answer, like, off the top of your head. So, you know, it's kind of like what you're thinking while you're also, like, beaming with lights and, and knowing that there's, like, several hundred people out there, but all you can hear is their grinder notifications. <laughs> so there is a category <laughs> for poise. Yeah. So then Friday, um, we did fantasy skits and our theme skits. So the theme was heroes and villains. And so it was, who are you as a, a hero or a villain? And how are you going to defeat your nemesis on stage? Um, and my nemesis, I, I kind of created this uh, floating onstage mirror as Miss Bikini Body, the pervasive mentalist. Mm-hmm. You know, I think every, most women, I'm not going to say every woman, but most women kind of, um, they battle that stereotypical, socially acceptable, like, media push of, like, what a woman's supposed to be like. And, and we talk about that in the bikini body, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of those, like, myths of, of womanhood. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to have, get, but, you know, summer ready. I'm like, bear summers are like... <laughs> I'm <laughs> coming out of the cave. I'm going to eat. Yeah, you've, you've got a body put on a bikini. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then so the fantasy is what is your fantasy? And like put it out there on stage. And so I really enjoy blasphemous role play. And so I came out in my nun outfit and I did some burlesque after, you know, spending a couple years hanging out with Miss O. Like I've learned, I've learned a thing or two. <laughs> um, so yeah, I burlesqued out of my nun's robes and then down into leather corsetry and um, seduced my priest partner who was like back, back you foul woman demon. <laughs> no, I don't want it. I want it. Yes, I don't want it. Um, you know, kind of that. I got a three day Facebook ban for posting those photos. That's <laughs> Fantastic. Succeeded. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, fantasy, theme wear. And then on Saturday, there's a interview portion. And um, generally interviews are like 10 to 15 minutes long. And the judges, there's a panel of judges. So it's you just kind of standing in <laughs> or sitting there like watching six to, you know, faces, fresh faces, asking you crazy questions. And, um, you know, the, the whole point of the interview is for them to provoke you and to see how you answer questions and, um, you know, kind of push the edge to see if you're going to be a good steward of the title. Um, but also, how do you speak about yourself? How do you speak about your community? And when you are pushed into kind of this um, emotional angle, like, how are you going to respond? Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to come out like an, a feral raccoon? Like, <laughs> 
you know, or do you come out poised, you know, and you start talking about the issues and, you know, you approach people with different uh, opinions and values, you know, with grace. Um, so, yeah. It seems like a lot of um, like pageants in general, it tends to be the title holders like an ambassador of sorts. So you yes. want somebody who's going to be able to carry that standard well, because I mean, I know you've been traveling a lot with it, yes, yes. <laughs> like a lot. Um, so if you're going to choose somebody to represent I mean, like you said, like values and your values and culture, you're going to want someone who can represent it well. <laughs> yeah. And, and hopefully I'm doing that well this evening and not sounding quite like an asshole. But again, I, <laughs> no, not, I am, not all. I am with my own brand of daddy danger. Bullshit. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is your, your brand, uh, your yeah. personality in that sense. And I, I really appreciate it. I, um, my, my partner loves, uh, or while we're cooking she, recently, she's been watching like Miss Congeniality movies uh, and she okay. loves. Uh, dumpling on uh, Netflix. So, so uh, my one of our contestants, Connor, he came out as the um, Statue of Liberty, and like that was part of his piece. His swimwear, mm. <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. This beautiful little ginger bear, you know, as this like statue he is like my favorite thing is, <laughs> you know, April twenty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, just the myself. notion of taking that and being able to have a a leather version of of kind of queering that, and again mm-hmm. taking this like very specific notion. of of um of what gender is supposed to be if we think about like very conventional pageantry and uh, that very almost patriarchal notion of very narrow range of femininity and being allowed to expand that and play with that and do different things with it yeah and it was really an interesting experience so i i ended up being the only uh you know competitor in the miss contest which it then it it's not like you against the other person it becomes you against olympic scoring standards and so now you have to like make the grade so and you have no idea because like you don't see someone else doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing so you have no idea like where the standard's been set right or where the bar is so you're just out there like gotta do my best (laughs) you know um there's also a a formal speech where you kind of talk about your platform and things like that and what you're going to do with your title year um and and that goes out you know for 90 or actually it was three minutes of amnesia under the lights um (laughs) but then um I wanted to talk about a little bit about the the other competitors, mm. right? So there were several for um, Mr. World Bear. So it's Mr. World Bear, Miss World Bear, World Cub, and World Pet. And I think I missed World Cub, you know. Um, in the All original. apologies to our, our cub community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and Panda is my World Cub, you know. So I don't. I really don't want to forget him. He's quite a, an amazing human. Um but the competitors for Mr. World Bear were a wide representation of, you know, queer community. You know, we had a gentleman from Brazil, uh, Walter, and he like came in and he was like very traditionally masculine and, and his great body. And but he he embraced his culture and brought that forward, you know, and some of his displays were very traditionally like Brazilian. Um, and then uh, uh, Buddha, who Buddha Onyx, who is Mr. World Bear bear came forward and his fantasy skit was his take on coming to America where he had sphinxes which were were, were like leather pups like serving him cheeseburgers in the bath and you know <laughs> I, I mean come on that's like amazing. that's it's, it's amazing right it's it's super great and you know we had uh Beyonce bear on stage when doing a drag um 
you know, skit as Wonder Woman with one of our other guys who played a superhero, David, um, Bearded Beast. It Like, the whole weekend was just this impressive gathering of queer community. And, you know, we, we are talking about me as a leather bear, but bear community in general is just this really playful space that doesn't take itself too seriously, you know? And we add leather to it for me because that's my identity, part of my identity. But bear community is just playful and fun and they don't take themselves super seriously. And, you know, they romp and they like have good times and they eat and they drink and it's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the notion that we can express ourselves as queer folks in a fun way and in a way that isn't necessarily like rallying around the protection of rights or, or the, you know, expansion of rights and these different things. And just be, I, again, I don't mean to make it sound frivolous when I say goofy, but I, I don't think that silliness or recreation is inherently frivolous. No, it's not. And, you know, ultimately, I, for me, like, our BDSM, leather community, kink, whatever, like it's play. We talk about it as play, right? Like I practice BDSM. That doesn't mean I'm fucking perfect at it. Like I practice it, you know? Mm -hmm. I think some people are like, I'm a practicing Christian. And I'm like, aha, that means you don't get it right all the time, do you? Aha. Um, You know, but like, you know, I like to think of it as like I'm practicing a musician or practicing a thing. You know, we're learning and we're doing and we're growing and we're getting better at it. Um, but we're not perfect at it. And go ahead. Go ahead. I think like the playful aspect tends to be really important in any kind of community building where you're actually building a strong community because um, I'm going to go to a weird tangent, but I used to be a big part of the hardcore scene. And um, the scene I used to be involved in in like Leeds, England was at the time really fun and goofy. And I had a great time. And then I went to a different one when I moved here and everyone was very serious. You mean the hardcore c- community can be fun and goofy? They could! It was amazing. There was. I mean, play is how humans connect, right? right. It's, it's baked and, into our mammalian DNA. And I think like when you're playing, you're collaborating. When people take things very seriously and get very bogged down in their, I am this, this is my brand, and I'm very... Batman. It's a people or competition then rather than community. Mm-hmm. And I think like the more serious people take things like that, people get more, I guess, bogged down in winning or almost missing the point of it. Right. Or yeah. maintaining like this facade, like you've got to keep this. But when you can be playful and have fun, like I think it sounds frivolous, but I think it's a more productive state of community building than I think there's vulnerability in it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, and for me, I really like to come from a place of vulnerability and authenticity and like not take myself so seriously because you know what? I can be like, yeah, like I'm a person like this weekend, um, you know, I'm out in L.A. and I'm representing Miss World Bear, International Queen of the Bears. And I get three feet in the bar and I'm mobbed with people, you know, and and I start talking to the contestants who are doing this and they're like, oh, I'm so intimidated to meet you. Like you've got this cool, you know, resume. And I'm like, look, man. I'm just a person who's had a really coincidentally cool opportunities that I've said yes to. Mm. And you are here and you are saying yes to those coincidentally cool opportunities and like just keep going. Like the doors will open for you. Just be open, you know, to walking through them. Words um, to live by. 
No, yeah. I, I appreciate that. Um, and I wanted to kind of loop back into there's the world pet, right? Okay. And so pet communities and critter communities are also really, really playful. I don't know if you guys have seen like puppies, the puppy community here in Austin, in San Antonio, like pup community is becoming really big. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, pet and critter play isn't all about puppies. There's ponies. There's uh, we have the North American uh, pet is a lion. Um, yeah. And so... You know, there are kitties, you know, kitties. Identities to explore. Yeah. Um, We have a burlesque artist here in Austin who uh, does a raccoon burlesque, which was, (laughs) I mean, what can you say about somebody who's like stripping out of their clothes and they're like doing it playfully and, you know, they pull a baguette out of a trash can and you're just like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Who doesn't love bread and raccoons? Yeah, I mean, I, I've known Miss O'Kist long enough to not find <laughs> any form of burlesque shocking at this point. Uh, there's so much that you can Fair. do, whether we're talking about uh, burlesque performance or, or really any type of gender performance, which I, I so love that we're talking about. Uh, we actually do have a, a small stack of calls coming oh, in, but okay. before we get to the lines, let's take a, a quick moment and see what's been going on around the rest of the ACA. Poly people aren't necessarily about the sex. Yeah, a lot of us are. But, you know, we're not <laughs> Which necessarily is valid. about Sex it. is nice. I like sex. <laughs> we're just two dudes on the internet. And any, anything that we've said today is just uh, the opinion of two dudes of the internet, not two physicians or two professional philosophers or two anything, really. I mean, just call-in show hosts, which is the lowest credibility on the credibility ladder. We can't prove we're not XXX in this situation, living in a simulation. Uh, I mean, we can't prove that a deity does not exist. That doesn't mean that I go around bathing in Pascal's wager going, oh, look, I can't prove it doesn't exist. That's a dingleberry. You know what a dingleberry is, right? Tell you what, go to Urban Dictionary after this program is done, and then come back to me, and you see what happens, okay? Should I use my work computer? Uh, yeah, definitely. Sounds like you want to talk about morality and how it does not apply to God because he's the ultimate being. Hello, I even have biblical evidence for this. Oh, that's gonna, that's gonna, that's gonna mean a lot to us. Oh man, yeah. Ben, did you hear this? He has biblical evidence. Get ready to oh, be man. pummeled into submission. Let's jump on the phones and talk to John in Colorado. Uh, John, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, yeah, I just wanted to call in and share my story of moving away from Christianity and finding a new belief system uh, because of my wife, who is bisexual. Yeah, no, please tell us about it. How how did that open some doors for you? Um, Yeah, so I guess... um, yeah, it's kind of hard to explain, but basically, um, I used to be in the military and I was a really like, at the time I was a really, before I met her, I was a pretty devout Christian. Uh, I was going to the Bible study groups and everything. And then I started getting into purity culture a little bit, kind of existing on the peripherals of that. But, you know, I had come from like some bad dating experiences. So I kind of just was like hands off of just women and that I just kind of seemed like that fit in at a good time in my life. And then I got deployed, came back, um, got disillusioned with the church because of the things that I experienced there. And then and my wife, and then I met my wife and she told me like, you know, um, yeah, I'm bisexual. And uh, I actually, honestly, my first thought was, wow, that's really awesome. <laughs> you know, that's, that's cool. You know, number one, I, I've never met anybody who is 
bisexual, uh, was so open about it and, uh, you know, it didn't bother me. Of course, being a male, I was immediately thinking, oh man, possibility of threesome, right? Cool, like kind of a thing. Um, but then as time went on, I, I kind of started to learn more about her uh, because she was raised Catholic as well. And she was from the Midwest, like South Dakota, um, you know, which is like part of Christian ter- Catholic or Christian territory, basically, you know, deep red state. So, you know, I started to figure out what, what all, how she reconciled that. And then um, we, years went by, I kind of converted to Catholicism. And then I ended up having um, basically a couple things ha- started happening to me, which was, um, I was in the church and I wanted to like, I wanted to lead a men's Bible study at the church because I had been doing an unofficial thing um, with just me and my friends. And the church actually (laughs) ended up turning me down because uh, I I was living with my fiance at the time. Mm -hmm. And that really, really like uh, shook my world basically. (laughs) It was like, dude, I've been doing all these, all these things. And, you know, I'm, you know, been jumped through all the hoops and, and, converted and everything and now you're telling me no you know just because of this one thing you know and yeah, I'm it's an incredible church. inconvenience to the church that queer people are going to continue to be born in <laughs> devout spaces. Uh, and by just getting to know a queer person who exists, how a lot of those threads of Christianity start to fall apart. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, I mean, um, yeah, that's a, that basically, yeah, right on the nail there. And so I, yeah, so that was my first experience. And then I kind of started like just kind of got really bitter and just like really angry and upset. And I was just like, I don't really want to go to church anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't at the point where I was about to be like, oh, yeah, I don't, don't believe all that stuff. And it's crazy or, you know, uh, but I did start questioning and I did start wondering, like, what is exactly the church? church's stance on like you know lgbtq plus you know because hey here i am married to one uh i don't see a problem with it i never saw a problem with it or any of that and any lgbtq plus people ever you know and so i'm like what what is all this issue because i've been hearing you know i've been hearing rumblings about it throughout my time and um even in my like home life like as far as like where i was raised a little bit as well and so then I started really like asking around about it and I was never getting like a, a really straight answer. I was always getting platitudes like, Oh yeah, you know, love the love the person, hate the sin. It's like, well what what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when this sin is like integral to who I am or how God made me, that that whole narrative starts to fall apart. I, I'm I guess I want to say I'm really sorry that the two of you experienced that bigotry, but really glad that it shook you loose from a you know a belief system that wasn't serving you. Uh, where do you find yourself today? Like, how is that deconstruction process working out for you? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, I uh, ended up uh, a few weeks ago, ended up going to a Buddhism, Buddhist group, meditation group, uh, turned more towards Buddhism for a while there. It was scary because, you know, I kind of just lost. It felt like the rug had been sweeped out from underneath me. I didn't know, but it really just forced me to ask myself my questions about what I believe Mm -hmm. instead of what they believe, trying to conform to that, you know, and really try and understand like, okay, who am I really? And what do I really believe? And, uh, you know, I found Buddhism and I, I, think that's you know the best 
closest I'm like leaning more towards like Taoism slash Buddhism, um, which is also reflective of not only my belief system, but a little bit of as my background as well. So, um, yeah, I just, it turned out really well, more peaceful. Um, I kind of let people's bigotry kind of just loose off me now, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, Oh, you, you think that <laughs> unfortunate for you. <laughs> You know? I'm glad you shook loose of that bigotry and that you found the ACA. And I, I guess I'll just encourage you to uh, to keep asking questions, you know, to uh, have that standard of evidence and to seek the truth uh, with a little bit of skepticism. Uh, we've got a, a few other folks stacking up, but did y'all have any, any other questions or comments before we move on to the next call? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I found refuge early on in kind of coming out in queer space in the pagan community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was because it was just like you're here you're accepted you belong with us like please you know be welcome um and ultimately like that really wasn't my space but i was attracted to it because they were so inclusive right it didn't have all of these edicts about what thou shalt be Right, right. And, but I think too that some of our, our communities of spirituality have come back from like we're pushing people away with our theology. We want people to be with us and we would rather have community and an embrace of spirituality than, you know, to make people other. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I'm always intrigued when I find other queer folks or, or leather folks or, or, you know, people in spiritual spaces because, you know, we have a, a one of the folks who I really enjoy, um, you know, he's also Muslim and in fetish space. And it's just like, wow, like we are an incredibly inclusive community just on different aspects. And, and, you know, I don't know. I, I, I like talking to people about, you know, their spirituality. Cause yeah, I, what you believe and why. It's yeah. a, it's a important question. And, uh, and John, I'm glad that you are finding some relief. And uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you giving us a call tonight. Yeah, and if you haven't listened to the song By Wife Energy, go listen to it. It's great. <laughs> All right, well, let's, uh, let's keep it rolling. We've got a, uh, a good stack of people here, and I want to talk to uh, Highfish in Ohio. Uh, Highfish, what's on your mind tonight? Hi, um, I just wanted to call and say hi to Daddy. Um, I am one of the critters from out in Ohio, and I just, I, I love talking about accessibility and inclusivity and, you know, noticing that not all pets are puppies because that is what you see a lot of times. So it's so nice to hear someone put that to a platform and talk about femininity and leather spaces, which are so cis male sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's just very encouraging and very, I don't know, brings, brings a smile to my face. <laughs> hey. Yeah, well, let me ask you this, since we have you on the line, how do you feel the the culture is progressing? You know, is it fair to say that things are, are more accessible, accessible to more people now than they were five, ten years ago? Uh, even in this, like, moment of cultural snapback and, and uh, all of the, like, anger around the Obergefell case and everything that we're seeing around drag and all of these conversations around grooming, do you feel like we are are headed in the right direction, at least when it comes to like leather spaces? <laughs> 
feel like there are a lot of groups that are making headway. And one of those would be, I, I would nod back to um, the international Mr. Black um, stepping out of IML and saying like, hey, you guys have been transphobic for the past 10 years and we're not dealing with it anymore. Um, because for a long time, um, I feel like leather has been uh, about performative allyship mm -hmm. and not actually doing the work. <clears throat> um, so, I mean, part of like my platform um, in Cincinnati has been about doing the work and making these spaces more accessible to people that don't fall into those categories. And we talk about, you know, bringing security to drag shows and, um, hey, you know, like being in Ohio, part of that is, do we want to talk about getting a group of gays together to go take our like concealed carry permit classes? Mm -hmm. Because that's how, like, if the police aren't going to protect you, who will? Um, so, and I've just seen the community come together so much. I guess I think about like Roe v. Wade and all that happened last year. You know, there was such a outpouring of like, hey, I have a doctor. I know someone like, let me help you. And that's, that's how I got my um, uh, bilateral self-injectomy was just by word of mouth of other people in the community saying, I know someone that will do this. There was um, a lot of underground, like, hey, like these are pro women, yeah. you know, women's rights, women's opportunity to, cho to choose how and what we do with our bodies. Um, you know, at 29, when I had my hysterectomy, my ex-husband had to sign off. Which is, is still madness and, and still remarkably common. Absolutely. I mean, and at 29, like... You're like, oh shit, there's this man that's controlling my life. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would, I think there's a lot of work to do still. No doubt. But I do think that places are changing. You know, the, for me, the biggest thing that I think of is like, um, when you think about like the bear campgrounds, at least here in like the Midwest, they are always all male except for like one or two days of summer. They'll have like inclusive days. But other than that, it's all male all year. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hmm, can we like, maybe allow people of all sorts of genders instead of saying like you have to be male and what does male even mean to you? Right, yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel much more masculine when I'm in all of my like daddy danger gear. Like I mm -hmm. feel very powerful and I, I mean you know, jokingly, like I've always been the person who's used the power tools in relationships, you know, like, I don't know. I feel very mask of center, even in my extremely high femme, you know, outward appearance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And, and it was really, you know, we talk about inclusion, um, but I've seen more, um, you know, interpreters, sign language interpreters at oh, different I events. That. Yeah. You know, um, I was really surprised um, when when I was at the LA uh, Leather Bear competition. This like beautiful kind of feral person just like hopped up on stage, had a crop top that was like "Hey colonizer," and I mean, as as <laughs> this uh, French Irish woman, you know, I'm like, is that like a turn on? Or like, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but then they started, you know, they were the sign language interpreter, and then I come to understand that they're like, you know, a PhD mental health professional, like you know, leader in the queer community of like sacred sexuality and things like this. And I'm just like, wow, you know, I already thought they were like an interesting person and then they're a sign language interpreter and then they're like this interesting mental health person. And I'm just like, layers. <laughs> I've learned so much like dirty ASL from uh, going to yes. leather events. <laughs> And I really appreciate the the extreme facial expressions on the interpreter, oh um, you know, their faces. Mm -hmm. so good. Yeah, well, thank you so much for giving us a call tonight. Anything else before we move on to the next call? No, thank you guys so much for the show. It's been so great to listen to. Hey, glad to hear it. Thanks for calling in. Yeah. 
So we, we do have a few more that I, I would like to speak to, uh, but uh, just in case we don't get around to it, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your platform and, and what that meant for uh, you competing for this title. Yeah, so I thought I was going to stroll in and be like, you know, femme inclusion in bare spaces. And I had a moment where I'm like, that that's not what this is about right now. Mm. Like, you know, we... Um, I think we need to accept ourselves before we can accept others. Sure. You know, and so my platform rolled back from like femme inclusion and bare spaces to just radical self-acceptance. And that's Mm -hmm. really what helped me find myself and my path and become really comfortable in who I am as a person. How you became Miss World Bear is because of that effort within yourself. And, um, you know, there's this concept of uh, radical self-acceptance. And so you take back power in the things that people use against you by accepting them in your in in, in and about yourself um you know and it, it's like and also kind of demoralizing or like de um taking away the moral application to things that we identify with so like you know i am a bear okay i am queer okay you know and then we get to i'm fat right and so for me someone may come at me like oh well like you're a fat person I'm like yeah cool yeah like yeah that's that, not an like, insult that's an yeah, adjective like, Yeah, like I accept that about me. There's not a morality that I associate with like, oh, I shouldn't be that or I should be that or I should be less of that or I should be more of that or blah. But what about your health? You know, like I'm healthy. I mean, (laughs) someone the other day was like, damn, you flexible. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, anyway. Um, But, you know, these things about ourselves where that are potentially weaponized by other people, the more that we accept those things about ourselves and they become our own identity, like people can't use them against you, you know? And so, um, but also accepting things about yourself that you might not like, you know? Like I'm a neurodivergent kid. I'm dyslexic as fuck. I, I have to read a lot for work. Um, and the other day, f- several months ago, the other day, uh, it's like a timeline. Things it's all with, the other day. Yeah, it's, it's not all the other day. <laughs> but, um, you know, a, a drag queen was going to read my bio on stage and then she like hands me her cell phone and she's like, here, you do it. And I'm like, here, here I am in a bar full of people like trying to like read this woman's cell phone. Um, talking about yourself. Talking about myself. And a I'm subject just, you... Sh- Probably know a lot about. Right? And it is just this blank stare moment where I'm like, I can't read this phone in the, like, the light of the bar. Ah." (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know? And I'm just like... But that's it. Like in that moment, I chose to be authentic with the people who are were in that bar. And I'm like, look, guys, I'm neurospicy as heck. Like, I'm not going to read my own bio to you. Like, I'm just going to like wing it and tell you who I am as a person, you know. And again, I get to that place where it's like I am just a person mm-hmm. and we are all just people, you know. Our leather title holders, they're all just people. They're just collections of like cool experiences and interesting thoughts. And so, um, again, the platform is radical self-acceptance. Um, you know, there there's a part of us that is our light, our joy, our sparkle, our bear. It is the thing that burns inside of us that keeps us going. And I think that we should all harness that little bright spot and just fan the flames of it and and move in that direction. Integrate the shadow, accept it, own it, and then come into that power. Yeah.
that's one of the things actually that ends up being the biggest gate to a lot of people in a lot of things is everyone has like this weird everyone's got their own personal shame and a their lot own of personal it is, weirdness right a lot of it is like it's it's put on us by society and i think for a lot of people i mean i in various spaces i've been in people like oh i want to do x but i'm too scared because why and i think sometimes just seeing somebody exist and you know they're like you they're out there doing stuff i think it helps people accept that about themselves because mm -hmm. shame is like that um the fear of the reflection that society puts back at you and if we only see one reflection it's really easy for that shame to get stronger and hold a lot of people back but when people are open about who they are and how they are and then you know are out there being visible because a lot of people a lot of shame is used to keep people invisible that people don't want to see for whatever reason it may mm -hmm. be it it books the norm and it challenges power in various areas and i think just existing openly as you are is it sounds small but i think it's one of the biggest things that it's anyone can really do the challenges that we have as people is is accepting who we are and and living that truth and um so I, uh, for 2023, I, I, I think people have seen me wear a key around my neck for years and years and years. I've put the key in the key box, in the key box, <laughs> I put it in the jewelry box. Um, and I'm, I'm wearing a compass in 2023 and it is, uh, go in the direction of your dreams and live the life you've imagined. Mm -hmm. And for me, that is, it's helping me fully realize that I, I chose this. Like I went out, I ran for a bear title. Like I'm putting my personal vulnerability forward in, in front of myself. Um, and I am encouraging other people to be vulnerable. I'm encouraging other people to accept the things about themselves and hold those truths, you know, to their highest power for themselves. And if you are, you know, a puppy, a pony, a kitty, fully embrace it. You know, if you are, you know, in the closet and you want to come out of the closet, you know, turn the doorknob like your queer, queer families out here waiting for you. Um, you know, go to the bar, like come to the spaces where, where we are, where other people like you are, um, munches, um, you know, there are like online places like Avon for our asexual community and other, you know, kind of asexual spectrum folks. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're talking about uh, like gender transgression, but really just being willing to be yourself and be yourself out loud helps to reduce shame for others and, and just build a more just society. I mean, am I oversimplifying it? I don't think so. I mean, like, I'm a plus size person. I'm a bear. I'm leather. I'm queer. I'm, and I want people who look like me, who feel like they can express themselves to like come out and, and join me, you know, mm -hmm. like, let's just be the, like <laughs> present with our, each other. Yeah. Well, we've got a, a few more calls and uh, do it. Whisper in Utah has some questions about, I think, some of the, the terminology we're using. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Whisper, what can we walk you through? Hi. So, I was just listening and there's stuff like bear, um, otter, lion. I think there's cougar. I, I don't know. I got really confused and I was like, I thought stuff like gay meant, um, I mean, bear meant like large gay men with hair. And like otter was like a twink or something. Are you guys saying it's something else? Because I'm not sure what it is. I, I'm not really into it that much. To expand yeah, on that, yeah, yeah. that urban yeah, yeah. dictionary definition and, and yeah. go from there. Yeah. And so um, 
I'm going to put this out there and say identity is what you make of it. Mm. And so the moment that you identify with a community, I feel like you belong. And so I definitely find that in bear community. Um, I was talking to a friend this morning and they are a person, um, you know, a trans person. And they were like, I met one of the world bear family and I was having a moment of self-doubt and, you know, I was really in my emotions and, you know, I am identifying as trans and coming in into my, my female aspects, you know, but they're in that kind of crossover of like, I'm not entirely certain. And they met one of our bear siblings and he was like, you're here. You're, you are who you are and we accept you for who you are. Welcome, you know, come hang out with us, come be with us, come be community. Um, and so I think that we have, you know, the who's in the zoo, the, the bears, the otters, the cougars, you know, um, and we have these kind of fun idea of like what they are, you know, the urban dictionary definitions, but ultimately like if those are groups of people that you feel like you identify with, like go hang out with them. <laughs> like be be that. People are people no yeah. matter what banner they gather under and they're each going to be individuals, but we can use these labels to maybe find somebody that we can resonate with. Think, does, does, yeah. Go ahead. Oh. I, I, I like to use labels to accurately describe experiences. Like they're, they're descriptive, not prescriptive, but I like to be as accurate as possible. So that's one of the reasons I'm curious about these labels. People are hard to categorize. Figure out which one I would fall under too, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, I think we also have multiple labels. Yeah. yeah. Like my box is covered in labels. <laughs> well, one thing I think about, um, so when, when people make these spaces and there are public spaces, you've got events, um, things like I mentioned, munches and things like that. Like a lot of it, you don't have to be the thing to go to the thing because people are there doing stuff and they want people to be there. That's the whole point. So sometimes if, you, if you're leaning in a direction and you're not sure, you can still go to those spaces and see because it's hard to know there's definitions and it's hard to know which one you're going to click with until you get to kind of experience it but you don't have to have the answers to experience it reading it on the page is right. not how you learn about yourself in that so, sense well if, I, I think our labels evolve over time right because i think if you would have talked to like 18 19 year old me i was like staunchly staunchly bisexual like i had just come out of the like bi closet um i think it's probably more like the quilt chest i don't know <laughs> um but it, you know I'm like, I identified as bisexual for a long time and it took me this, you know, evolution of person to now be like, I'm queer, mm. you know, like, and then to take on a bare label, but also, you know, our identities change over time. Yeah, I mean, people are fluid, people grow, people change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I used to think I was cis and then I woke up one day and I was like, holy shit, I'm actually agender, asexual, and aromantic. I'm like, I can't believe I didn't realize this before. That is, that is an experience I know well. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's I like, just woke up one day and I was like, holy crap, so, so social gender constructs, they're not real. Yeah. I can well, do whatever the hell I want. Right? We can do whatever the hell we want. And like, it's really amazing when you step into that space and you're like, fuck it, I am who I am. Like, pshh. 
you know, and when you get those words yep. that you can like string together and and bring other people who are interested in like things, you know, and have similar experiences, I think that's that's that community building piece because we ultimately, you know, we want to belong and we want to be with others and and you know, for you know, even our introverted folks, like you know, there are online communities or other you know mm-hmm. communities where they they grow and blossom and exchange ideas. Yeah, since I'm like arrow-aced and I'm not very kinky, I have like zero idea in any of this or no experience. So I have no idea what these terms mean, how they're applied. It's been a long journey finding out for myself. Yeah, and I I just appreciate your uh, both your curiosity uh, because as humans, I think we can very quickly be assigned a gender and an orientation and a lot of these labels at birth, and then we don't really stop to ask about them. So anytime I hear a human being expressing some curiosity around, well, what else out is out there, and how might it fit me to try that on? Uh, but also, there is a a allyship component here. I don't think that we all need to have like sophisticated opinions on whether or not this person constitutes an otter. That can get really messy and gross really quickly. Right. But having a uh, an interest in some of these labels and a shared vocabulary has a lot of value. Well, and I think as we continue to evolve, as you know, we deconstruct gender and we deconstruct uh, sexuality, and we you know are breaking it apart and reassimilating it. In in different areas like you know I'm I'm perpetually involved in kind of community conversations and I hear terms and things and I'm like fuck am I old like <laughs> I, you know like I heard a, another term the other day and I was like what is that I don't know what that is like you know I'm on the breath of 40 and um summer you know they're <laughs> sweet sweet summer child but I'm you know, only 27 and this is the first time hearing of some of these things too but yeah. one thing I will also say is um and this is uh, a lot of sort of queer spaces and a lot of, I'm going to say kink spaces. Sometimes a lot of the spaces are, like we've mentioned before, there's lots of overlap. Um, and I know that a lot of queer spaces can feel very compulsory sexuality <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, I know, like... I learned that the hard way. Right. And I think, um, I know for myself, a lot of time, there have been spaces where uh, I have a lot of things in common with a lot of the people there and I'm interested in exploring that space but I mean I'm asexual too so uh, I'm not going to be you know touting my sexual anythings Um, and I think uh, like a lot of these spaces are even if they're very if it's a very sex positive space that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be all sexy all the time so like shout out to queer platonic relationships right like I have found some of my most amazing friends in these queer platonic relationship spaces and even like coming out of potentially sexual relationships with with other queer folk being like hey we can maintain this space where we still have a deep connection but we're not sexually intimate anymore but we still value each other as family and friends and community um you know and you have those really intimate bonds with someone but like shout out to queer platonic relationships man like co-parenting like kids as queers like that's a huge thing Mm -hmm. i am the village that raises the child right (laughs) yes and and honestly i am still five so i'm i'm like in my village like (laughs) i'm still finding my village (laughs) Uh, i do have a couple questions there's uh 
critters? What are what's critter space and what are pets? Yeah, so there there is the um, so we talk about puppy play and you see pups all the time. Or they're kind of the the most repres- like most visually represented pup community. The, the poster animal. Yeah, is, the poster is the animal. Pup culture, so yeah. um, so pets and critters um, are other um, animal dynamics or other animal spirits that are taken on um, because we don't want to say that everyone... They're kind of gender. I get that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, like, I like to joke that I am a fluffy white domesticated house cat like Marie from Aristocats. <laughs> like, you know, we don't start fights, but we end them. Um, <laughs> right? Um, but animal's always been the octopus. Yeah, I mean, you know, we see crossover into fur culture, furries, um, but there's scalies, which are, you know, and dragons and um, all kinds of, you know, you have mythical animals, Mm -hmm. uh, mythical creatures. The furry community is freaking awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I I tend to agree, you know. I'm very impressed with the creativity. And there's a lot of crossover with the long furby community and the furry community. So, I mean, when you get into the weird weird queer stuff. We, we keep talking about Venn diagrams and yeah, a lot of this all comes together. Uh, so Whisper, I, re- I really appreciate your questions. Uh, was there anything else before we move on for the night? Um, Chris, did you answer what critter was? Yeah, so critter is a more inclusive term that we use because... Catch-all, other? It, it, no, no, it, uh, it's nope. a more inclusive term because we're not all puppies, mm. and pet Im- implies that you might be a domesticated house animal. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so you're someone's Is pet. That like a kink um, it can be. It can also just be a headspace place. Sure. And I'll, I'll actually say we are talking about uh, pet space in particular on this show in two weeks. So I'll really oh, encourage okay. you to, to uh, tune in then because uh, we are going to be talking about, yes, like uh, pet play, but in particular that, that kind of mindset that goes into it. But yeah. please continue. So, so critter is this attempt at a, a more inclusive term to not necessarily say pup or puppy and not necessarily say pet, meaning like domesticated house pet, um, but to say that we are, you know, inclusive of raccoons and dragons and, you know, outdoor tomcat kitties, <laughs> um, you know, just a more holistic approach to yeah. pet play. It's, it's kind of like a animal play. Almost like a headspace or a symbolism of a part of yourself. So if someone yeah. was, yeah. I'm a feral anarchist, they might be leaning more towards the, uh, you know, eat trash, raccoon, crime, raccoon yeah. type thing. Um, <laughs> I like that we were on the same vibe yeah, with that. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like, I guess, um, I guess you yeah, have animal symbolism for a part of your personality and who you are. Would that be a kind of accurate-ish way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, a form of expression just, yeah. connecting with one piece of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Whisper, thank you so much for your call. Um, we're we're getting a little bit long, and I want to sneak in at least one more call before we yeah. walk out. Uh, but before we do, Miss Hukis, I wanted to ask if you could expand a little bit on what you were saying a moment ago about, uh, I guess, participating in these spaces as sort of a non-member, and and how to do that without being. Um, Without being like the stereotype of the uh, straight bachelorette party going into the gay bar, you know, Um, that notion of like being respectful of that space. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's one of those things that can be a tricky uh, tightrope to walk. But as a general rule, all communities exist because people joined them. Mm -hmm. And every member of every single community was an outsider at some point because no one, for the most part, I'm sure there are some ways not true, when people aren't born into them. 
And um, a lot of like these events, I, I used to go to things by myself a lot. I was into music my friends did not like. So <laughs> I could either miss out or go alone. And I went alone a lot. And I think if you go in with an honest sense of curiosity um, and just talk to people, you don't even have to ask questions about the community specifically. If you just show up and just hang out with people, you can start to learn. And anyone who is setting up a table with like a little plush on the table so everyone knows how to find them, for example, they want random people to come up and walk up and hang out with them. That's that's why those kind places of of exist. Yeah. And it can be terrifying. And it is terrifying. Um, but yeah, it becomes less go. terrifying the next time. And I think like as long as, sure. as, long as like the, the bachelorette, the, you know, the cis bachelorette, the big problem with that um, from the performers I know has been when people want to jump on the table and start going, woo, and all of a sudden making this space about themselves. Take over the space. So, and, yeah. yeah. Or there's a lack of consent in like touching a performer's right. body or something like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I tend, and this might be the, the autistic person in me also, um, just show up and it's, it's okay to hang back a little, like introduce yourself and just take in what's happening. And you can even ask, like if you outright ask, what are, you know, I'm not saying the rules, but Standards like, and practices. Well, yeah, what are the guidelines here? Yeah. Um, people will tend to help you out. If you're just interested in what does this mean, you can literally ask that. Um, this is one of the great things, actually, uh, about, like, autistic social skills, is um, you don't have to dance around anything. You can at literally just ask. So if you go and you're like, hey, my name's, I don't know, Tim, I'm new here, um... I'm interested in what y'all are about. Like, what's this about? What the hell is a leather lady bear? And the extroverts will surround you. People <laughs> love talking about themselves and their shit. Mm-hmm. And they like being given the opportunity to, especially if it's something that is a little covert for, you know, regular life. You don't get a lot of opportunities. So if you just ask, like, what's this all about? People people will tell you. And most people in most spaces that I've been in, and I've been in some weird spaces, <laughs> I'll tell you. As an asexual person all? who's been to several, or- been invited to several orgies, uh, I've been in some weird spaces. But if you, but people are excited for anyone who is, authentically interested in what they're about and is open to learning because people want to be understood and they want community. So, you know, don't jump on the table and be like, I'm here. Like, that's not the best Unless way to Unless you start. have a fat stack of ones or plus-size dollars. like <laughs> Something to dra- earn it. Tip right. your drag queens, tip your entertainers, tip your artists, tip your bartenders. You know, mm-hmm. art is a form of work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, you can show up and if intimate small small gatherings are scary, go to, like, the pageants, for example. Like, if you go to, like, the bear pageants, people, there are audience members. You can go and see and you can get a feel for things. And I think mm-hmm. even if you don't fit everything, if you fit something, like, there's always commonality. And I think people, especially in alternative spaces, queer spaces, tend to be more seeking the commonality than they are the differences. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, like, they might be as interested in your differences as you are in theirs. People want to learn back. So, you know, show, just don't be afraid to show up because that's literally why these events exist. Like, it's an invite. And, um, you know, ask questions or just watch. (laughs) Yeah, be respectful. Sure. Uh, Well, uh, so, Carlos, I uh, wanted to talk to you out of California. We are just about to wrap up for the night, but I figured your question was actually a great one for us to go out on. So, uh, without any further ado, uh, Carlos, what did you want to ask tonight? Hi, Daddy Danger. It's Carlos. 
Mr. LA Leather Bear 2023. Um, I just wanted to like thank you for the opportunity. And it's been so nice hearing you talk more because we didn't get much of a chance with this past crazy weekend. Um, but I wanted to know kind of what's, what's next for you aside from your <clears throat> crazy worldwide tour, like what, what is the next thing that you're looking forward to? Yeah. So, you know, part of it is travel. Uh, we're, we're going to, I say we, I'm going to North American bear weekend in February. Um, and then there's all kinds of events. My 40th birthday is in March. And so I will be at South Plains Leather Fest. I'm incredibly excited about that. Um, but kind of in the concept of me, um, my leather family, they are kind of a big tobacconist family. Like they're into cigars and the cigar culture is kind of another little Venn diagram portion. Um, but I'm actually but- learning how to roll cigars. Um, you know, the cutting, the packing, the rolling of them, the finishing, um, how to cut them, how to like, you know, to do that. So that's been an interesting journey that I've started, but also being able to teach some additional classes. Um, I've applied to Thrive, which is an online conference for uh, kink and mental health. And uh, I'd like to present to some some more um, mental health oriented classes on, or class, I say classes, like you're going to attend like some collegiate lecture, but it's basically, again, me with my own brand of daddy danger bullshit um, and some Brene Brown inspiration um, and a <laughs> fartload of education that I paid a lot of money for. Um, you know, just talking about mental health, but also shame and resilience and um, how we can use trauma-informed um I don't want to say care because, you know, our community isn't care, but trauma-informed information to make a better experience for ourselves and our partners in the lifestyle that we're leading and how we can use shame and um, resilience to um, transition out of these spaces where we're we're ashamed um, or we feel guilt or, um, you know, just these negative associated emotions and move it into ownership of, you know, our darker sides and and putting that out into the world. So sounds like a a pretty full plate. Yeah. (laughs) And and just really out there talking to folks about who they are as people and what they want in their lives and encouraging people to live their best selves. So awesome. I'm so happy to, I look forward to seeing it all. And hopefully I get a daddy danger rolled cigar sometime down the line. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is the sweetest person. (laughs) Like, I just had the greatest time getting to know you this weekend. Um, and I definitely got more of you than I think you got of me on, a, <laughs> on the judgy, judgy side. <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much that for giving us a call tonight. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Y'all have a good one. You, you too. too. You too. All right. Uh, well, we're a little bit over time, uh, but before Miss O'Kiss walks us through the uh, the poll and takes us out for the night, mm-hmm. I guess I just wanted to take a moment and ask you, what, if anything, are you hoping that the vanilla cis het world can take away from from your work, from uh, the you know the platform that you stand on, and I guess just sort of your role as a as a community leader in this way. Yeah, so I'm going to be really real here for a moment. Um, I have invited my mom to my step down, right? And so that's that's the moment where you're like, these are all the cool things that I did in my title year, and now I'm passing this 
on to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but as part of World Bear Weekend, um, we have the Jason Hall Spirit of the Bear Award and Jason Hall's parents come and Jason um, passed away from a brain tumor and his, you know, very beautifully straight, vanilla, you know, older <laughs> white couple, um, they didn't come to understand his life until he was in hospice. Mm. And I think for me, the thing that I want out of this is that bringing my mom into this space for her to really understand like who I am as a person Mm. and kind of open her eyes to the community as a whole. And like, you know, all of these things that I am are really, we talk about kink and we talk about it being sexy and we talk about all these things, but it's at the end of the day, it's community and it's really wholesome, Mm. you know? And so bringing you know my my mom into that is I think part of what I want to get it and you know I, I just I have a feeling that September is going to be an heart opening experience for her and so beautiful why well, I, I maybe appreciate I'm, maybe you. I'm going to open that door for other people's parents yeah. and you know other folks who are you know a little less forgiving well and thank you for opening that door a little bit for us tonight uh, folks who aren't familiar with bear culture or any of these other uh, identities and really I think just kind of encouraging people to to get out there and to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so with that, I'll let you uh, read the poll and, and start to take us out for tonight, this if you like. This is probably not going to surprise many people. This is a very, very down-the-line poll. Um, we had 80 per- 81% uh, of people voted that gender is who you are, and 19 were for what what you do. How, do, how does that land with y'all? That that notion that gender is uh, is I guess who you are or part of your part of your identity, but is it also an action? I mean, it, well, how would y'all if vote TikTok here? If TikTok has taught me anything, is that there are beautiful lesbians with axes who like are like chopping down trees, and I'm just here for it. Like, <laughs> like traditionally, whatever been, that gender construct is, I like it. Like, I think I'm interested in this one too now, right? <laughs> like the Paul Bunyan lesbians. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest, I always find gender terribly confusing, and I have ever since I was a child. Um, as a kid, all of my interests and everything I gravitated towards was mostly masculine. Um, but I always looked very feminine. So really, I was descri- very hard, same. Describing myself as a boy in dresses was how I described myself literally as like a tween. And I think, yeah, I think it's maybe a part of who you are that impacts what you do. I think. Sure. I think it's like the little thing on the inside that shows up on the outside rather than the outside changing the inside. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just who you are. There's (laughs) a cyclical relationship. And I mean, anytime we're talking about human hearts, we're we're getting into squishy territory and our our words often fail us. And that doesn't mean that the conversation isn't worth having. But I, I do appreciate that we can't necessarily divide it into those two categories. And, you know, maybe it started as like a primal predator thing, like, oh, the women were the gatherers and the men were the hunters and maybe that's where like we got this thing from you know I'm I don't know um but as we have technological advances and as we come together as a society and we really realize that you know people have different qualities and they bring different skills to the table I think having you know all of our best qualities amplified and put those things out into the world you know really diversifies what's available Mm. regardless of how people identify yeah well that's a that's a great place for us to leave it it is and uh if for everyone who's enjoyed this show and wants to keep up with everything that is happening here at the aca 
Uh, you can do that on the website atheist-community.org or email the show, uh, which is sex at atheist-community.org. <laughs> Um, or also with TV at atheistcommunity.org. We have a lot of .orgs. Uh, Truth Wanted and uh, Talk Heathen will with uh, will be Dan and Keely Lachlan. AXP will be Jim and Jamie Boone. Yeah, and those are live in the studio this month, uh, just yes. like our show right oh, now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> and we actually so much have, fun like, doing this in person. There. It's nice having an audience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I do hope that if folks are in the Austin area, they will come and join us in person. And speaking of the Austin area, we are looking for people to come help. So if you are Austin or Austin adjacent and interested in you know being a part of this show or the shows in general, uh, we're looking for crew members for the shows. Um, so we're looking for people to assist with like audio, call screening, um, all that fun all, stuff. All kinds Literally. of the technical stuff that makes us look so good, even if we don't understand how any of it works. Like the yeah. Austin category. <laughs> that don't get enough time, which I'm always very excited for. And I'm sad they don't film those as much. I'm like, I want to know about lighting techs. And I'm not even being silly. I genuinely do. I needed uh, a whole five-minute instruction on how to wear the earplugs. Seriously, I'm it, still it's doing true. It <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can uh, get in touch with us if you're interested in you know, volunteering and being a part of these uh, shows. Um, again, at tv at atheist.community.org and the production team will get back to you. Um, and they're real eager for new people, so they will get back. <laughs> <laughs> and also tiny.cc slash A-C-R-A-E-N podcast. I am bad at reading as we described <laughs> Um It's the one-stop shop. Do you catch the audio version of the show and all of our fabulous sex, uh, sexual sexuality merch? And there is a fan group on Facebook, which is actually a lot of fun <laughs> as well. Um, and you can also connect with us here at tiny.cc slash... A C D discard <laughs> and uh, tiny dot cc slash merch A C A for the aforementioned merch. Mm -hmm. And do we have any links to for you? I I got behind the like social media branding thing, so I am Daddy Danger across all of the platforms. So Instagram, Facebook, uh, the uh, red and black page that people are aware of. Mm -hmm. um, spicy, spicy. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I was on Twitter. I am not really on Twitter anymore. Hard to blame you. Yep, fair to say. Well, and uh, and finally, uh, we want to take a moment and thank everybody who did do so much work to help us put in our goddamn earphones <laughs> and uh, get this table set up and uh, and make this place look so great. Uh, all of the work that they're doing to have this uh, incredible live weekend of shows is going to be so exciting. So uh, a quick moment to thank our crew and all of their hard work. Appreciate y'all <gasps> so much, everything that you're doing live in studio. Especially the person who brought Girl Scout cookies. Bless you. <laughs> it's a good time. It's a good time being here live in studio. Yeah. Uh, before we go out there to see if there are any cookies left, uh, <laughs> are there any kind of final thoughts or, or last impressions that you want to leave with the audience tonight? Um, I think, you know, don't be afraid to get out there. Mm -hmm. Let your bright spot shine. 
Um, and if you're too much, let somebody else go find less. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Uh, well <laughs> said. So I guess uh, no matter how much you are, uh, whether you are a bear, a pup, an octopus, or a unicorn, uh, this or is a, a human. Just a or regu- human. If you know, you just, like a, what is it, uh, what we do in the shadows? I'm just a regular human regular guy. Just a human regular project. normal Jackie human. Jackie Daytona. Just a <laughs> Jackie Daytona. Good idea for all of us to uh, take a, a quiet moment to ourselves tonight and uh, give yourself a, a big old orgasm. Or, better yet, give somebody else one. Watch Talk Heathen live Sundays at 1 p.m. Central. Visit tiny.cc slash YTTH and call into the show at 512-991-9242 or connect to the show online at tiny.cc slash call TH.